Hi, and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, State Clerk of the EPC. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. Okay, and thank you, Rachel, and thank you, everyone else, for listening in today to another edition of In All Things. It is a podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and if you follow us, you know that we drop a new episode every Friday. We're into our second year now and focusing in on a number of podcast series, if you will, looking at each of the four gospel priorities, which is church health, our global movement, discipleship, and we're in the middle right now of a series on church planting. And uh, we're excited to have with us today Abe Redmonish. And Abe is a, a church planner working out of Colonial Presbyterian Church in Kansas City. Abe, it's great to have you on In All Things and welcome this morning. Thanks, Dean. It's great to be with you. We'll be taking down into a conversation with Abe about what it looks like for an established church to be able to turn into the wind, if you will, and really go with the move of the Spirit, which is the the way in which the church is growing in the U.S. and, quite frankly, around the world, is through church planting. Established churches have a lot of struggles to remain vital and healthy and reach their community for Christ. Many here in the EPC are doing it really well. We're going to dig into that conversation with Abe in just a few seconds. But for now, I'd like to have a brief word of sponsorship regarding our church planting gospel priority in the EPC. And I'd like to give a shout out to our friends at the Aspen Grove Church Planting Network. Aspen Grove is the primary means by which the EPC does church planting assessments. Assessments are the essential part of the beginning of a church planter's journey where the church planter and their spouse meet together for a series of interviews, conversations that takes place typically over a long weekend, where it's a pretty extensive evaluation to determine whether that couple or that person has the right temperament, the right gifting, the right calling to be able to be a church planter, because getting something like that started is very different than coming in and pastoring a church that's already established in our guest Abe will be able to shed light on how those are perhaps a little bit different. If you're interested in learning more about the Aspen Grove Church Planting Network, you would contact its leader, the Reverend Shane Sun, who's a great guy, and he would love to talk to you about church planting. He can be reached at Shane, S-H-A-N-E, at A-G-C-P-N dot com. The Aspen Grove Church Planting Network is A-G-C-P-N dot com. And if you put Shane in front of that, you'll have his email. You can check out their website and how Aspen Grove can help support you. They're an internal EPC organization that serves EPC churches and serves churches outside the EPC. Aspen Grove serves PCA churches. It serves eco churches. It serves any church that is interested in helping to plant and especially walking them through assessment. And one of the other things Shane is so good at is coaching. That's a big part of our church planting experience. So, Abe, why don't you help our audience learn a little bit more about you? You have an interesting journey, planted churches in the PCA for years. You moved into the business community, and now you're helping an established EPC church plant churches. So give us your background. Great question. So I would say probably a number of years ago in the early 1990s, my wife and I were doing campus ministry 
together with a ministry at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And it was at that time we stumbled upon some friends that were actually connected to an EPC church in the Detroit area that was trying to plant a new church in Ann Arbor. And we thought that would be exciting to be a part of something that was new and fresh and different. And neither one of us had ever been involved in a plant. And so we signed up. We joined a small group that was meeting regularly, praying about the university, or at least about the Ann Arbor area. And that began a launch into a brand new plant that was there in Ann Arbor. So that was that was amazing because we were on the ground level of everything from setup to development to PR to small groups. It was worship. It was everything. We really got our feet wet with just about everything except for children's ministry. That's not my area of expertise, but we had a fun time and that was kind of the beginning. That in tune led to an interest in pastoral ministries on my part. So we, we went from there into seminary, spent three years, and then launched into the PCA as a pastor in uh, two different locations. The second one was in the Kansas City area. We were a part of that church and then had a number of transitions that actually led me into the business world. So for the past 16 years, I've actually been in business and finance primarily. And then we began our connections to Colonial Presbyterian Church in Kansas City. And that's what set us up for a nice introduction, a nice relationship with the pastor there, Jim West. And we began talking about what does it look like to grow and expand what we're doing here in Kansas City. And so that's kind of a brief history, but that's kind of been the journey that's brought us to this point. Okay, well, I'd like to rewind the tape if we could, but even okay. go back and drill down on a couple of those things that you said that I think are really will be helpful for our listeners. Uh, the first is, is that your first experience was in, in Ann Arbor, which is an amazing college community, mm-hmm. university setting. There's a lot of church planners thinking about planting in college communities. There's a, a vitality to that. There's a big sustainability problem because college students don't always have the resources to really help support a uh, ministry like that. But what are the pluses and minuses, the takeaways from trying to plant a church in a, in a college town? Yeah, boy, great question. What I would say is a couple of things that stand out for me that made that very successful was having a mother church or a, a more established church in the area, actually wanting to plant and develop The unique aspects of the university setting, of course, are you've got thousands and thousands of university students. They are the future generation of leaders. And so it was, it's just a, it's a great place to try new things, to, to get risky, to have different kinds of outreaches. There's a lot of turnover in those atmospheres and yet, which is a lot of opportunity for freshness, but the impact of where those folks go is, um, is amazing. So. And they, and they bring such energy, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, the. You, you sort of forget. I mean, I wish all of us could retain the passion and energy we had for Christ when we first came to Christ. Right. Because as college students, man, they have evangelistic zeal. They're highly relational, oftentimes super bold, and their worship is is heartfelt and vibrant. We have a great EPC church in Pittsburgh called Belfield EPC, which is right on the campus of the University of Pittsburgh. And literally, Pitt keeps trying to buy their building because they've built dormitories. Like, they're surrounded by dormitories and classroom buildings. They're right across the street from the Cathedral Learning. And every weekend, there's hundreds and hundreds of college students that come in there to worship. And I will say the, the permanent members, the, 
their membership, their elders, their deacons and all, they gain such vitality mm-hmm. by having those college students there. And the college students gain such maturity and wisdom and stability. And when you walk in the doors on a Sunday morning, you're like, man, this is a vibrant and healthy church. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when you're in Kansas City, at one point, you step into business and finance. Tell us a little bit more about your finance background. And then I'm particularly interested, Abe, on how that background has been beneficial for you as you've stepped back into church planning. I had very little experience in the business and finance world. It was through a a good friend that helped me connect and uh, was starting from scratch, learning a lot. But it has been a tremendous avenue to continue to learn and develop and maybe even, I would say, maybe even learn some skills or some perspective different from being in the ministry. That's been one aspect that has been very, very interesting, very helpful. Getting a perspective of how things flow, how things work in in the business world, in the marketplace, parlaying some of that into how we can think about church development processes and development strategies. That's been really, really exciting and helpful. I think that the speed at which things move in the business world is pretty rapid. There are pros and cons to that, but I think that's another aspect of not being afraid to step out and try new things and to move into the culture. Those are some of the things that I've, that I've learned through that process. Those are such helpful observations, Abe, because churches are not by nature as organizations designed to pivot quickly. And we learned that during the pandemic. When churches had to pivot quickly, we realized how they were built more to preserve than they were to adapt. Of course, we don't want to change the the content of the, of the message. The gospel is the gospel. It is the gospel. But the environment in which we're living, where that gets contextualized, mm-hmm. is changing so rapidly. It strikes me that your background has done two things that are really beneficial. One is you're now able to understand the people who work in the quote unquote real world who are helping you to start a church, the, the core team. You get their world now in a a way that maybe a pastor who hasn't been out in the business community would not get. Mm. And number two, those business adaptive practices that you had to learn really end up being a huge advantage because most church plans have to be fundamentally entrepreneurial, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how the skill sets of entrepreneurship are necessary in a church plant. So for example, if an established church was going to go start a church and they're looking for a core team out of their congregation, Mm. they might be interested in looking at people who have some of these same kind of adaptive business practices that you had. Absolutely. My first thought is finding other entrepreneurial individuals is key. So these are folks that are very comfortable and very adaptive in moving into what is not to making something that actually is. So looking at the opportunities, finding other volunteers, finding other folks that will participate, will contribute to from time, energies, financials, those kind of folks that carry those entrepreneurial skills are, they're not put off by a no or something that seems impossible. They're driven by a vision and motivated in that way. And so you can find those folks from the church planter all the way down to individuals on the core team, the launch team, the senders from the parent church. Those kind of folks are really important. 
And they need to be visionary. They need to be able to envision and see something that is out there that they can pursue and brings a lot of glory to the Lord. That's super helpful. So I do want to have some substantive conversation, Abe, about an area where you land right now, which is this nexus between an established and really thriving church in a lot of ways that is also now church planning. If we had someone listening today who is from an established church and they're trying to think about whether or not they would want to pursue planning a church, what are some of the things that you've learned from working at Colonial that would be helpful takeaways that you would want others in established churches to know if they're considering planning a church? The first thought is that I look at where we're at as a fairly mature church that has a rich history, a rich theology, a lot of great ministry programs, a long history of development and and involvement in the city. And the first thing that sticks out is the resource and the opportunity to take who we are, to take what we have, and to ask the Lord to multiply that out. So there's open-handedness there to looking at who we are as a church and and where we've been and, and the opportunities that we have, and then being able to look at the opportunity that's all around us. That's the first thing. I think it all comes back to where you're at as a church, where are the opportunities around you, where does the gospel not live and thrive, where are the places to grow and multiply I look in our own area in Kansas City, and there are so many opportunities north and south and east and west of exactly where we're at. And we're on both sides of the state line, on the Kansas side and on the Missouri side. And yet, the, the kinds of gospel-oriented ministries that we're doing from the pulpit, teaching all the way down to various other ministries in the church, do not exist in the same fashion and way in the rest of the city. So there's the visionary part of seeing something that could be. And I think then that drives where you go, the opportunities that you bring along into that. So I would tell a seasoned church, not be afraid to look at the opportunities and to to be open to what would the Lord have or what could be done in some of these areas. Those are two great principles, Abe, being opportunistic and being open-handed. Mm-hmm. Those two ideas that you just raised are two things. If someone said to me, give me a bullet points of a healthy church. First of all, that church is probably going to be looking for opportunities to share the gospel in their community. And second of all, they're going to be open-handed about sharing the healthiness and the resources that they have with those who don't. Now, I do want to land on one final thing. I hate to say it this way, but at the same time, you're going to have elders in those established churches who are a little reticent because the outlay of resources like that is going to be substantial. You could have people that have to be gifted into that plant. So you, it's not just financial resources, it's people resources, it's time resources. And they're doing the calculus in their minds and they're thinking to themselves, you know, this is going to really cost us. But I think there's a huge return benefit. When a church like Colonial says, we're going to be opportunistic and we're going to be open-handed with our precious resources into that opportunity, as they give those things away, I think as they plant churches, something comes back to them that perhaps is an even greater blessing, which makes their church even healthier. Could you speak Mm. to the benefits of an established church that they receive when they actually get involved in church planting? The first thing I can think of is the benefit of joy, the benefit of a church joyfully looking at the, the fruit of the labor, the fruit of their gifts, the fruit of what they've given into other areas. 
brings a tremendous amount of personal joy to be able to say, we helped launch that. We were a part of that. That's a part of our family. That's a part, an extension of who we are. The second thing I think of is the multiplication of the glory of God, the multiplication of the effect of Christ being glorified in other parts of the city or other parts of the country is huge. And then the, the third one I think about is I can't personally think of any opportunity where where you actually give something away for the sake of a greater opportunity or a greater means. I can't think of that ever coming back in an empty way. In other words, what I find is the Lord continues to multiply our efforts, our generosity, because that's who he is. He's a generous God. He's given us the generosity of his glory. He's given us Christ and his work on our behalf. And so when we do the same, we become gospel uh, movers, if you will, into those communities. And the heart of that is that he continues to multiply that in our lives and in the lives of others. So those are the first three things I can think of. It's a bit of a mind shift change for a lot of folks. But yet it is one of the primary ways that the gospel moves out. Evangelism is moved into those different areas uh, so much more effectively. And it's, a, it's just an abundant receiving of joy, glory to Christ, and multiplication back into the church. Mm. You haven't been in the EPC all that long, Abe, but you really nailed it. The four gospel priorities are embedded in our vision statement. And the one that church planting is under is called multiplication. That's actually what we named it. So three of the benefits of, of a healthy church being involved in church planting is you get to see the multiplication of God's generosity. That's enough right there. I mean, my goodness to see that. But then to say, you're going to see the advance of God's glory and you're going to experience joy. I'm like, man, sign me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. So mm-hmm. if you haven't written those things down, I encourage you to do that because <laughs> I think you've got some great takeaways here that our audience will be super blessed by. I really want to thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Dean. Appreciate being here. So if people wanted to kind of look over your shoulder, Abe, and see what's going on in terms of church planning at Colonial, how would they get in touch with you or where might they go on the web to be able to find you guys? The Colonial website, Colonial Presbyterian Church in uh, in Kansas City is a great way to see the kinds of things that we're doing. We've we're launching a church now currently and actually in the process of looking at some other opportunities. So that's a great way to find us. And is there any particular prayer request before we sign off? Yeah. So I would say personally, we are doing uh, a number of developmental kinds of issues, some new opportunities that we're looking at. So we're praying for God's wisdom and God's direction and, and the faith to step into where he's leading us in the next phase for church planting and development. Okay. Well, thank you for saying yes to Colonial, for saying yes to the EPC and saying yes to our church planning leadership team. We really are grateful to have you as a part of the team. You bet. Thank you, Dean. All right. Well, my friends, I hope this has been an encouraging conversation for you. It certainly has been for me. I've got some takeaways that I'm going to spend some time uh, thinking about today that I think are really fruitful. I encourage you to, to pass this podcast on to somebody in your church, really maybe that entrepreneur, that person in your church who thinks in terms of vision, that maybe that seed would be planted if it's not there already. And if it is, perhaps it waters that. But I think this would be a great podcast to sit down and listen to with a small group and uh, who might think about the possibility that they could be a core group for uh, potentially an expansion of the kingdom of God in your community. 
So pass that on, like us on social, get the word out there, keep the conversation going. And we're always, always appreciative of that. And so my friends, as we draw this conversation to a close, we end as we always do, quoting from that great benediction, that great passage of scripture that reminds us that everything we do comes under the Lordship of Christ. It's from Colossians chapter one. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things, my friends, have been created through him and for him. You see, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. For he is the head of the body, he is the head of the church, and his name is Jesus. And it's in his name that we go into all the world with the gospel, starting our own Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And the principal way we do that in the EPC, my friends, is through planting churches. Until the next time in which we gather together in this forum to have this conversation, I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.